0: More Americans are dying from alcohol use. A report published earlier this year in the Journal of the American Medical Association analyzed CDC data from 2018 to 2020 on alcohol-related deaths. This means fatalities due to liver disease, alcohol-related poisoning, gastritis, or other conditions. In men, this rose by 12.5% year over year, while amongst women, it jumped a staggering 15%. Add on top of this the COVID-19 pandemic over the next two years that led to a greater surge in consumption. For many, the stress, isolation, and boredom of this time was eased by alcohol. For author Annie Grace, this dependence started long before the pandemic. For decades, booze was an easy way to blow off steam, celebrate, socialize, and more.
1: When I started to question my drinking, I actually... Ended up drinking more, not less, over time, because as I started to question it, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy to just cut back. But it didn't turn out to be all that easy to just cut back, because I really believed all of the things I believed about alcohol, that it relaxed me, that it helped me loosen up.
0: Today, Grace has a healthy relationship with alcohol and is the author of the book, This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, and Change Your Life. However, where she is today didn't come easy. For many years, she felt out of control and couldn't find a way out. Go back to her early 20s, and she began drinking socially through work. She had graduated from college and just moved to New York City to work full-time in corporate marketing.
1: I was told by my boss that it was the happy hour was kind of like the golf course. It was where the deals were done. It was where people got to know your name. It was where your career was made or lost. And so even though I didn't drink, I better start showing up to happy hour and learn how. And I did. I actually made it a mission to sort of learn how to drink. Slowly,
0: she began to rationalize her excessive drinking by setting some rules. She typically avoided hard liquor and would instead opt for red wine because that, in her mind, was healthier. Earlier this year, the World Health Organization published a report stating that no level of alcohol consumption is safe for a person's health. It doesn't matter whether it's wine, a cocktail, or beer, it's the alcohol that causes the harm and not the beverage. However, to Grace, these drinks were a tool to her success. In her eyes, it's what made her funnier, smarter, more relaxed, and so on.
1: The interesting thing about alcohol is that over time, All of the other sort of coping mechanisms I had to just be human, like exercise or getting together with friends, they all kind of started to involve or were replaced by alcohol. And so fast forward a decade, I'd done what I set out to. I became incredibly successful corporately, but I was also drinking about two bottles of wine every single night.
0: Grace eventually switched to buying boxed wine because she grew embarrassed by how many bottles she'd accumulate over a week. She says she finally hit a breaking point during a trip to Europe.
1: I was flying home from the UK. I had been super drunk the night before. I had gotten up and I went into the hotel restaurant to get a drink on my way to the airport at six in the morning. I thought I would have a mimosa, which was okay for a morning drink. And I went in there and I ordered a mimosa and she said that it was too early for her to open the champagne. So she offered me a screwdriver which was vodka and orange juice and drinking hard alcohol in the mornings was one of those little lines that i wouldn't cross and i thought if i don't cross this line then i'm still okay but i felt very desperate this morning to just feel better and i had a few before i got to the airport
0: after these 6 a.m cocktails she felt overwhelmed by guilt and ashamed by her lack of control and the person she'd become
1: i was sitting in the terminal waiting for my plane. And I just started crying. And I started asking myself the questions that I had been asking myself for years now, which is what is my problem? Do I have a problem? Am I an alcoholic? What's wrong with me? And those questions were just so incredibly painful. And in this one moment, I actually got a different question. And the question was why? Why did I used to be able to take it or leave it, and it be no big deal? But now, all of a sudden, it was that if I wasn't drinking, I would feel I could do it, but I'd feel like I was missing out. I would feel sad. I would feel upset. I would feel just kind of outside of life, and I started asking why.
0: The first step to lasting change meant sitting in this question. Grace began writing down all of the reasons why she drank and also asked other questions why they drank. For instance, she wrote down that wine made her feel relaxed. While that was her perception, was it actually true? She set out to research and work through these whys.
1: We live in this great day and age where you can just download a study, and you can find out what is true. And so I started methodically going through each of these reasons, and one by one, they started falling like dominoes. All of these things that I believed about alcohol, that it relaxed me. It doesn't relax you. It actually increases the cortisol response in the body or that it made me happy. It doesn't make you happy. In fact, the cumulative effect of alcohol is to make you less susceptible to pleasure or joy and do actually need it in order to feel pleasure or joy because of how it's numbed your pleasure centers in your brain. And I would learn this stuff over and over and all of a sudden over this like process, my desire her drinking literally went away. I had rewired my mind and my thoughts and my beliefs.
0: It's been nine years since this change. Today, she doesn't completely restrict herself from alcohol, but no longer feels an internal drive or desire to drink. Looking back now, she wishes she'd been more compassionate to her former self.
1: When we get into this conflict internally about how much should I drink, when should I drink, how much is too much, I'm beating myself up because I didn't stick to my limits... All of that kind of narrative makes the problem worse because we create that internal pain and then we drink to numb out that internal pain. And I think the more effective approach is to actually let yourself off the hook in a really major way and start to get incredibly curious about why you're doing it in the first place. And it's actually curiosity that I believe is the key to what the trap we found ourselves in. When we get curious about our drinking and we start to look at our drinking and think, okay, is this actually relaxing me? Do I actually feel better after this? Why am I drinking it? Is it helping me in the ways I thought? And do that really gently with a lot of self-compassion. Then we start to wake up to our own wisdom about what's right for us instead of having to adhere to anyone else's rules for us or even our own rules for ourselves.
0: All of these emotions, whether it's letting go of guilt or building more self-love, is a process. Even if you single out the whys and debunk each reason, there will be days where the whys will fly out the door. And that's okay. What's important is to learn from these mistakes if they happen.
1: I think just treating every single experience with drinking as an experiment, meaning you go into it, you have an intention, a hypothesis, right? Like I'm going to try to only have one tonight. You don't have one. You have three. Don't be yourself up about it. Don't get down on yourself about it. Just look at okay, what was happening? Why did I have three? Why did I feel this way? What was going on with me? And looking at all of this as an experiment, just an experiment of you without shame and without blame. And I think that level of awareness, it's a lot like if you were, you know, just there's studies that show if you just track your food, you end up eating healthier, right? It's just bringing that level of awareness to the behavior and that behavior can end up changing in a really natural way and a painless way. But usually, with alcohol, we don't do that because we're so embroiled in shame about our behavior.
0: Grace reminds listeners that each person's journey is different and that change is never easy or straightforward. To find out more about our guest, Annie Grace, and this topic, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out her book, This Naked Mind, available in select bookstores and online. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcohol, there's help out there. If you need help right away, call or text 988. You can also call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Hotline, a free 24-7 service at 1-800-662-4357. Alcoholics Anonymous is also a trusted longtime resource. Find more information about AA by visiting aa.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints... The birds survived. And of course, birds are living dinosaurs. The larger picture of why dinosaurs are no longer around today. Then... I had to really put her back in line and say, you're still a teenager. Go out with your friends. You're going to college. This is not your burden. Let's process this. You've had a loss too. Let's talk about this finding a way back after loss. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week.